0: This is why we love racing in all its forms. That's king of swing fighting though. He's a superstar, a champion pacer. Untaps holding on. What a win! Untapped from the RSNCL Cup. But Gold Trip is brave. A hundred to go, a leaf and a half emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup.
1: For the next hour, RSN is cracking the code. <laughs>
2: Good morning everyone. Welcome to Cracking the Codes in a new time slot, 10 to 11. I hope you uh, enjoy the ride with us. I'm Dan Malicki, joined by Simone Fisher this morning. Matt Stewart's usually part of... uh uh, the uh, the three-way set-up on uh, Cracking the Codes, but he's having a week off. So it's Simone and I uh, to kick off things in our first week at uh, 10 o'clock. Simone, good morning to you.
3: Good morning, Dan. Gee, this is exciting, a new time slot. We've been doing this show for over three years now, and this is show 169. So we've been around for a while, but how exciting is it, bringing this to a new audience, perhaps some more racing People, horse racing people, but I know we have, <clears throat> excuse me, some not a great way to start. <clears throat> um, some great feedback from harness racing and greyhound racing. We have people come up to us, don't we? And said, "Gee guys, we we love the show." I had someone recognise my voice in the Scotch Notch Cafe at <laughs> Melton a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, just. Look, this is just great to you know be in a different time slot that we can get some of these wonderful stories out that we find along the way about horses, greyhounds, and both the, and the people in racing.
2: And it's it's it just breaks up the monotony at times of. Uh Trying to bet or talking about prices, who can win and it's it 's refreshing in a way to talk about the, the the stories that inspire all of us and just because we 're involved in any of the three codes and we love it and we breathe it, we still have lives that are outside of uh, of horse racing or greyhound racing and it 's great to talk to the people that do have other interests and we do have one guest on this morning that is very much that way. We've got a, um, a really emotionally charged uh, piece coming up in a short while as well, but tell us what the show's about and, and even historically some of the guests that we've had on cracking the code, Simone.
3: Well, the show is a magazine-style of show where we can just find those stories. It's been quite a relaxed feel, hasn't it, some of our yep. guests? I mean, we've had someone on yodelling before on the yep. show. Um, we've had some outstanding guests. They all have been, but Brian Gath, he was always someone we get great feedback on. People love listening to Brian. Joan Walker, the owner of Reckless. I mean, yeah. that was very – oh, what a, a wonderful lady to speak to. We've had jockeys such as Glenn Boss, um, Greyhound – Pioneers. Well, when I say pioneers, just legendary trainers. Yeah, Peter, Peter Giles, Giles. That was yeah. great with Pete. Yeah, Ray Benson, the race yep. caller who used to walk across the tin roof at Sandown Greyhounds to get into the callers' box. And these are stories that have long gone, and we never ever get to hear about. But cracking the codes has been a platform to allow us to to find these. And I know we've been very surprised along the way sometimes with what the guests have come up with um one, john hawks remember uh, john yeah, hawks he said
2: yeah. i'll i'll only come on to talk about the trots he said i'm 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 sick of talking about the gallops and octagonal and <laughs> lonro and that he goes but i'll talk about the trots and he did and he loved it didn't he
3: he did Um uh, michael bryant who was black caviar's muscle man in old terms um The late Ned Bryant's son, he was a a great guest to have on as well and we heard about his trip over to Royal Ascot with Black Caviar and how he was keeping her in tip-top form. We've spoken about monkeys riding greyhounds in races. Um, and it
2: actually happened. I, yeah. <laughs> I remember when we had that story go to air, uh, we had people say, you know, you're making this up. But it was true. It actually did happen. Um, it was quite a while, a while ago. There was a lot of things that happened a while ago that probably don't happen uh, in the same way uh, as as they do nowadays. And all for the better uh, as well.
3: Oh, absolutely. But you just have to look at the time, you know, talking about things that occurred 100 years ago, if not a little bit Longer so um, it's great to look back on them, isn't it
2: Oh, look it is There, there was a funny time we had a, a a story set up, and of course we usually go to where at six a m and occasionally we might record an interview or two and there was one particular time we thought we had the strapper of winks and uh, Candace, we started doing this interview, and just as the 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 interview went on, we started identifying a few things that didn 't sound right. this strapper of winks sounded like she was an elderly lady, yes. <laughs> and uh, she carried on, couldn't hear us quite properly, and it was quite a funny moment how we recorded uh, half an interview with a woman who we thought initially was Winks-a-Strap, but that wasn't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, some funny funny moments like that. Um, a wonderful story not that long ago with Lance Justice, Love in a Chevy. I mean, I know I was choked up watching the video of Love in a Chevy and the snake bite and what that horse went through, but um, yeah, I think... Bringing the animals in racing, yeah. making them more relative sometimes a to lot people of that maybe welfare yeah, horse and that.
2: positive stories, and and we've had tears on the show a few times. <laughs> we have. Uh, it's usually with positive outcomes, yeah. uh, but it wouldn't be the first time that uh, we have uh, tears on the show. And just uh, well, um, we might have a couple today as well, but we'll get to that shortly. Um, Harness racing, uh, actually, all three codes. It's it's a fantastic day today, and uh, our guests on the show are all, in part, be representing each of the three uh, big race meetings that are coming across the codes uh, today. Um, have you had a horse named after you before?
3: No, I, maybe, maybe I have, um, I'm not really sure, but nothing as outstanding oh, as. It was a
2: beautiful woman, wasn't it? What oh, on that Saturday okay. morning well, was that remember? what it was?
3: Yes. Is that oh, right? Oh, maybe, perhaps, <laughs> um, that's a compliment, thanks Dan, but nothing as outstanding as having your surname, which is quite unique. Um, of course, we're talking about the horse Maleki that's just had three wins on end.
2: Yeah, it was uh, a bit of a frustration, I think, for the connections there, but he's really putting it together now, and he keeps starting good odds. I think it was about $5 or $6 this week, but his previous couple were $10. So, three in a row. Well done to Shannon Nixon, the whole team there, and Anne-Marie Conroy's done a super job. Uh, hope he keeps winning for them. Well,
3: maybe we need to get Maleki in the sulky with Maleki. That might be a good promo for one of the big race nights, might it?
2: Well, You'll have to keep improving a little bit, but I hope he does. Uh, I might, yeah, have, to well, might have to keep improving too. I have to keep improving. Big night, Melton tonight, with the semi finals of the Breeders' Crown, but it's also big for the for the kids as well and the pony trotters leading up to the Inter Dominion.
3: That's right, Dan. So, of course, people that have listened to the show and know me know that my daughter Darcy has been doing pony trots for the last about six months, and um, she's in the Inter Dominion qualifiers tonight, and it runs a little bit differently to the normal pony trot races, the, the ponies are graded or handicapped on their height. So mini ponies, Shetlands and the ponies that are a bit bigger. And Bobby, our little pony, or like the fuses, his race name is, is up near maximum height. He's 12.3 hands. So Darcy starts off 880 metres tonight, but they're actually racing against the clock and they're trying to get their fastest time, which they can do over three nights of racing tonight, next Friday at Melton and also and a couple of weeks later. So um, the kids, yeah, they just need to get a fast time and then it's determined the final field for the Interdominion in, in December. But great to see so many kids out. And like I've spoken about before, it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. The kids are great. They encourage each other. They, you know, out in the stabling area, they've got to get their ponies ready or at least what they can do. Some aren't old enough to be putting the gear on properly but great parents as well it's been a really good experience for us so looking forward to see what happens tonight on the track
2: and we've seen many uh drivers through the pony trots uh, become professionals and very very good at it as well tell us about our guests this morning
3: okay our guest Well, my guest um in particular adrian scott he is the ceo of sandown greyhounds of course the shoot out there tonight at sandown which we've been hearing plenty about. and um, We head out to Cranbourne as well, don't we Dan? Cranbourne Cup Day today and um, CEO of both clubs yep. joined us this morning. Neil
2: Bainbridge for for, for for both the Harness and and the Cranbourne, but it's their big race day today. They haven't had a lot of luck with their race day over a number of years, but I think today it's gelling to be a really, really important day for them.
3: And also our little marathon star. Gee, she's a blonde bombshell, isn't she, in so many different ways and Kate Gath will join us after that outstanding effort in the New York Marathon. I, I I can't believe how fast she ran for someone that's not a professional runner. She's doing this as a hobby. It was amazing. So she's going to join us because there's a link in that story there um, with Tough Tilly, who she was running raising funds for E B research and um of course Tilly Weeks, the little girl that tough Tilly's named after but
2: And she's running tonight, Tough Tilly.
3: That's right at Melton, so looking forward to seeing her go around again. But it also segues into another lovely story that you've come up with, Dan, one designed to pull on the heartstrings very early on a Saturday morning.
2: It is. This is an incredible bond between a horse who is a stallion and and a kid who hasn't had things you know, work out really well uh, for him. Young Cody Dorman suffers from Wolf Hirschhorn Syndrome. And through a meeting with Godolphins Gainsborough Farm in Keeneland, Kentucky, he's been able to build up a relationship with a horse, a horse that would be known as Cody's Wish. And this is a piece that we've picked up in the lead up to last weekend's Breeders' Cup.
1: Every fall over the past 15 years, Keeneland Racecourse has hosted Make-A-Wish Day. It's become an annual event for the Dorman family. Parents, Kelly and Leslie, and their kids, Kylie and Cody.
4: I like the excitement of hearing them come down the stretch. And I also like to bet a couple bucks on the ones I like, too.
1: Can you see okay, buddy? Cody got his wish four years ago. On a day that began with a visit to Godolphin's Gainesboro Farm, Cody wanted to meet a racehorse. So Sud Farm manager Danny Mulvihill arranged an introduction with a mild-mannered six-month-old weanling.
4: We had 40-odd foals here on the farm that day, and we could have chose any one. Just what happened from there was special. The foal just came up, laid his head down in Cody's lap and just spent some quiet time there with Cody. He put his nose in cody's lap, and it just started from that moment
1: it was a winning day for a young man who got a tough draw cody was born with wolf Hirshhorn syndrome and he spent a lifetime overcoming long odds
4: we knew when he was born that there was something wrong he was in the nick unit for two weeks he come home on auction they told us he would only live two years and he is getting ready to turn 17. yep blue horse blue horse what do you see i see a green frog looking at me
1: cody has fought for every one of those years just days after visiting the farm in 2018 he nearly died when a blood vessel in his stomach burst. Then when the pandemic hit, Cody's daily routine grew even more insular. You know, he's had probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 procedures, but the hardest thing we've dealt with and watched him go through is, is depression. You know, that that, uh, that can affect anyone.
4: Are you ready?
1: Yeah. Go. To lift Cody's spirits, His parents got the idea to go back and visit that horse they had met two years earlier. By now, the horse was fully grown, testy, and unpredictable. No one expected the same welcome that Cody received on his first visit. Which is why you might say what happened next was miraculous. Cody got another wish.
4: The horse just kept pulling until again he was right in front of Cody, where Cody could stroke him again. It was as like the the horse knew who was there to see him.
1: And Cody, you know uh, that deep belly laugh, I, I can count on one hand the number of times I've heard heard him do that. And he just he done it instantly. Yeah. He started doing it. <laughs>
4: From that day on, it was just a different child it changed everything
0: Cody why do you think you have such a special connection
4: to this horse because he found me and he hasn't forgotten me he has always looked for me and we have the same heart and drive we never give up
1: the horse got a name eventually it's Cody's Wish And when the horse didn't win any of his first three races, Cody got an idea.
4: He said, Cody's wish will not win until I'm there. And sure enough, he won.
1: Cody's wish to win it by two. Cody's wish won his next three races. Cody's wish does it. And Cody Dorman was there for all of them. Then this past summer, Cody watched from home as his namesake raced for a spot in the Breeders' Cup.
0: And uh, they're off. <coughs> Pipeline is on the outside. It is Pipeline and Jacket. There
1: it goes, buddy. And putting He's run. starting to move. Cody's on the outside. <coughs> Warrior has <Cassis> today. <coughs> Here it on comes, the buddy. Cody's wish with the upset in the Fargo. Cody's wish from off the pace. You get cold chills every time I watch that. It never gets old, does it,
0: buddy? <coughs>
1: A few weeks before the Breeders' Cup, Cody asked his parents if he could get a new suit for the occasion. What it takes for him just to try it on offers a glimpse of how hard Cody and his family fight every day. But look hard enough and you can also see what it looks like when a wish comes true and how a racehorse has made all the difference in a boy's life.
4: Some days are hard. but. Then you see him laughing. We went through those months that he was just so depressed. It was rough. But now, all these grins and these laughs, and he'll hug me. There's my big hug. It's it's been amazing.
1: I think that horse... Has the legs he wasn't given. Put those two together, they make kind of a perfect one, I guess, for (laughs) me.
4: He always makes me smile. I love when we just get to hang out together. I really hope this has helped someone else and makes them smile also. Thank you, Cody's Wish. You are a very special horse and a very special friend.
2: It's It's a powerful pace. Cody's Wish, the racehorse, lined up in the Breeders' Cup mine.
1: Down the center, slow down Andy, they're coming down to the finish, here's
0: the wire! Oh, the Wish has come true! That one's for you, Cody! Cody's Wish has won the Breeders' Cup turnpile! Oh my gosh. It's a story made for Hollywood. It was written right here in Lexington, Kentucky.
2: Unbelievable!
3: That was dangerous territory, Dan. You, know, you knew that I was going to get choked up. Goodness me! This pile of tissues that our producers just given us—I <laughs> might need. But it just—if that doesn't get you going or stir some emotion in you—well, I don't know what would. But and it's... to what to watch that video—it's just so powerful.
2: It's emerged uh, uh, through the week on uh, some social media channels, but that came out of the Breeders' Cup uh, weekend, a huge weekend, and I must admit I've been a bit surprised that uh, I haven't heard more about this story. Uh, Through the course of the week, that was a package from NBC, and the way that it ended up, uh, it didn't have to be a win uh, for that story to be as powerful, but it's amazing that bond the horse had. He hadn't seen him for two years, but still recognised him. And when he won his first race... Uh, the horse won his first race. It was the first time that uh, Cody Dorman went to the track in his wheelchair. Um, the horse refused to go into the winner's stall after he won the race because he he'd seen uh, Cody in his wheelchair from across the way until he visited Cody before he went and got his photo taken in the winner's circle. It's quite uh, quite a remarkable uh, piece, and and it just you know it highlights again what horse racing is about it's far more than just backing a winner or two sure is there's there's other elements to it which uh, in, inspire all of us and and there is a connection our next guest um, is is Kate Gath and she's a star for so many reasons and I'm sure that would pull at the heartstrings for her because of her attachment to uh, to Tilly Wilkes in particular and, and EB EB is a a disease it's known as epidermolysis bullosa and it's where the skin peels off and attacks connective tissues and organs it results in wounds that don't heal blisters bleeding disfigurement pain and sometimes the uh the the forecast is that people are suffering from it don't live beyond 30 in severe cases and it's uh, it generally affects children and uh, and kate's become an ambassador for for eb um and she reunites with uh, with tough tilly uh tonight so that's where that connection lies and i'm sure you can understand it and while you were running the new york marathon that story was unfolding in kentucky kate thanks for joining us yeah
5: thanks for having me dan um i was a little bit busy last week sightseeing and um and amongst other things and I, I didn't um i didn't catch the story at the time but um after seeing it yesterday uh you really couldn't have um scripted it any better and um you know it was really something the the connection that um animals particularly horses can have um with um people that have a disability or that have some type of condition that affects them it's just it's almost like the horse knows and um it's it's changed that you know that little boy's life and his entire family and and to get him you know out of that depression is is something else and it was um yeah it's just a wonderful story and i hope everyone can can get the chance to view it uh
2: breeders cup uh turf uh, breeders cup dirt race it was but you're involved with uh Tilly, who's going through the breeders crown series so therefore lies another connection but Tilly's also a, a Group 1 winner and when she had to climb her mountain in winning a Group 1 race she had to beat Ladies in Red to do it so she earned it in so many different ways Kate.
5: Yeah she did you know um, it's you know it's really hard to um, get a horse to drive a horse or train a horse of this caliber and they don't come around often and you know, to to do what she's done and, um, you know, beat Ladies in Red um, multiple times. Um, you know, she's, she's just such a good horse herself and she's a bit unlucky to strike Ladies in Red in the same season because, um, you know, imagine what she would be and be called um, if Ladies in Red wasn't there. She's she's just um, got everything that, um, you know, she needs to help the people with EB. You know, she's got the strength and, and the fight in her and, like, it's, once again these horses are hard to come by and
2: for her to be the horse that um you know to race for EB like how lucky and it's just such a great story yeah it is a great story raising funds uh, for EB is tough tilly with the prize money she's been able to win and as we said she beat uh ladies and red at group one level uh on a couple of occasions would you believe the great ladies in red and tough tilly has lowered her colors three times including this win most recently it's Tough Tilly in front. Ladies and Red's going to have to pull out something special. Into the straight, it's Tough Tilly three metres. Ladies and Red still coming, then came Treachery. It's Tough Tilly in front from Ladies and Red. Tough Tilly two metres to Ladies and Red. She's knuckling down, but Tough Tilly's holding her late, and Tough Tilly's going to win again. Tough Tilly beat Ladies and Red third, Treachery, and fourth, Doug's Babe. Then moments like these, Vincennes well, the to look forward to tonight with eight semi-finals of the Breeders' Crown and the, the, the Mayor's four-year-old mayor's breeders crown graduate it's the last race on the card tonight uh kate um you're driving i would think your three favorite horses tonight in cypher majestuoso and perhaps the best to last with tough tilly yeah
5: um you know it's an exciting night and um you know um we might have to wait you know for the best best for last but uh yeah she's got a terrific chance tonight and although she's Drawn, drawn wide over the short trip she'll be really hard to beat and um you know her runs has been all oh, her runs have been terrific um recently and uh you know i'm just proud that i that i've got the steer on her and hopefully we can get the job done tonight
3: kate not only have her runs been terrific but the new york marathon was it about five or six days ago you're back in australia you've run the marathon in an amazing time those little legs of yours must have been just Oh, pumping away for forty two kilometers. Absolutely outstanding result. Uh how's the body holding up almost a week on from that that run? Um yeah,
5: we've sort of um we've got a bit of a Mangled toe, so I've been wearing. <laughs> I, I wore socks and sandals for the remainder remainder of uh, of the trip and on the airplane. So that was a great look I'm sure. But hey,
3: um, isn't that like the biggest um, no no? You know when you've um you, you know when there's European tourists in Australia because they wear socks with sandals. <laughs> I I,
5: I, did, I did try to get a uh, uh, to get some runners on it. Um, you know, three days in a row, but it just wasn't happening. Uh, so we had to just uh, you know just not worry about the look for a little bit. <laughs> and uh, we got back yet yeah, yes, uh managed to get some um my work group my work groups on getting those on was pretty good, so it seems to be okay now and I just went for a little trot yesterday to see how the body was and um it was pretty good. So um it's it's pulled up pretty good considering especially what happened, you know, before it had a few injuries. So it was kind of miraculous that I felt as good as I did after despite not being able to uh, handle stairs very well. I was hanging on. <laughs> the stairs are the worst after you run a marathon. But aside from that, I pulled up pretty good. So
3: um, yeah, it's good. A couple of weeks ago, when we had you on cracking the codes, um, you spoke about the change in training, and you you got a trainer in to help you. Um, so your preparation was vastly different to that of the Melbourne Marathon. Are you ready to do another one? Are you going to start globe trotting? Do the London Marathon and Miss Boston Ooh, have one Boston. as well? All of that. <laughs> is this going to be a sort of a, a follow-on,
5: Kate? Oh, it would be so tempting if if the body allowed her and if my time um, could get me into those major marathons, it would be really hard to pass up. But um, the bank account takes quite a hit, so that's another little issue along the way. It's not cheap to go to the other side of the world. We're too far away, uh, you know, down under. We're so far from everything. But, uh, yeah, it was sort of something that it was, yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, it was quite warm, the conditions, and um, I was really struggling the last six or so Ks and and um, I just thought it was never never finishing. I was like, so I think I was going up and down in the one spot pretty much. Um, but we eventually got there, and um, straight after, I was like, oh, I keep forgetting how tough these are. And, um, and it was like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I'll do that again. But pretty much the next day, I'm like, all right, where's the next one? We'll, we'll get get to it again. So I did have a bit of an interrupted um, lead up to the race, and I was on the bike probably more than I was out running. So. I really want an uninterrupted campaign with my coach and, um, you know, try and get the best out of myself and and see what time I can go. So I'm definitely lining up again.
3: you just have to tell Andy to train a couple more Group 1 winners and you'll be right. You'll just be able to take off and do marathons. But Marie Keldo went over there with you as well, didn't she? And how important is it having a support person and having them along the way um, when you may really mentally be struggling and physically, obviously, how important is to have that support person you know, at certain points along the journey to really help you along?
5: Oh, my gosh, Marie. I, it couldn't have happened without Marie and um, and her daughter Lauren. Marie organized the logistics. She organized everything. So as soon as I mentioned that I'd been asked to run the New York Marathon for a charity, she's like, oh, my God, you have to do it. Like, we're coming. And um, she just, I didn't have to worry about a thing. Like, everything from, she just went to the travel agent. Marie's um, a pretty seasoned traveler. That That was her third time in New York. She's been to Europe twice. Like she's she's been everywhere, so she just knows it so well. So she just she just did everything. I just gave her the money, whatever it cost, and she just did it all. She handed my passports at the airport. Like she just, I did not have to worry about a thing. She um, handle all the sightseeing when we got to New York. Um, you know, she just did it all, and it was such like I couldn't have done it without her. Like it was such a unload off my back, and I could just concentrate on having to do, you know, run the marathon. I mean, we did walk a fair bit in the days leading up to it, which isn't recommended, but I wasn't going to go to New York when I'd never been and not go sightseeing. So we pretty much jam-packed everything in and it was all thanks to her. And then, um, yeah, it was near the 30 k mark when I had two gels that I'd opened that didn't open properly, so I was without them. I was beside myself because I was feeling the pinch and I was like, I really need these gels. And, and of course, she was right at the front waving an Aussie flag. She took an Aussie flag and she had all these Americans (laughs) cheering out, go Kate, because I heard them all, and I saw the flag, and I just bolted to her, and she just ripped open my gel within two seconds with her teeth, handed it back to me, handed me a bottle of water, and I was gone again, and I was like, thank gosh for that. So, yeah, I really couldn't have done it without her, and, um, you know, she she got to the 30K spot. She was at the finish when I finished. Um, They raced around after me, and, um, you know, they were all part of the the package, And, and like I said, I don't think I could have got to the start line without them.
2: It's funny, you mentioned to me how you heard all these American accents at around that 30K mark all yelling out, Kate. But you thought because they were all American accents, um, there must have been another Kate nearby. But that's all the work that Marie did. She uh, made friends with all these locals, didn't she? Um, And you had one of the bigger cheer squads, as it's turned out.
5: I did. Um, You know, I heard these American accents, you you know, screaming, go Kate. And I was like, well, clearly that's not me. And it wasn't until after I'd finished and I heard them in the straight as well near the finish and I was like, well, that can't be me. And it wasn't until many hours after when we were sort of just um, having a chat and and Lauren said, oh, yeah, Mum had the whole crowd around her, these Americans, saying, now, she's, she's a little blonde with braids, so as soon as you see the little blonde with braids coming, you know, that's Kate. So these people were screaming out my name because the Americans, they just get so into it and they literally cheer for everyone, like... Some of them were holding up pictures of people and everything, but they were literally they just there to get amongst it and just cheer. And it really is something else. And yeah, um, we all know Marie and how friendly she is, and and that was her um, at her best, getting <laughs> trying to get all the crowd around me. So yeah, she really is something else, Marie.
2: And uh, I think the time, it was a pretty good time. I know you you were very pleased, a little bit surprised. You were running past people you didn't expect to be running past on a pretty brutal course as well, Kate. So, firstly, congratulations. It was uh, a big tick for you. I'm sure you'd be very proud of your own efforts and and those of uh, the funds that you were able to raise for EB as well. Yeah, um, you
5: know, initially I was... Um I went out a bit too hard, I was cruising It Felt Easy, but it obviously was a bit too quick and um I did sort of bonk a bit later and I was getting pretty tired but um so initially I was like, Oh, my time wasn't that great, you know, but it was a really hot day and then um yeah, upon reflection I had a person run past me at thirty K that she ran two hours fifty in her last marathon and when she ran past me at thirty K I was like, Oh my gosh, that really did go too fast Um, but she ended up sort of only finished in, in three twenty one. So she did run two marathons within like five weeks. Though. So obviously she was, this one was going to be slower, but the course was really brutal and, um, you know, I ended up um, with a pretty good time um, overall. I think it was in the top 5%. So um, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So once I got over the initial, like, disappointment, it, it wasn't so bad. But I, I left it all out there. I gave it everything I had and I pushed as hard as I could and that's sort of the best I could do. And I guess that's all you can really ask for.
2: Well, everyone's very proud of you. Represent not just uh, harness racing, but I think Australia in this case as well, Kate. So congratulations, and and with the work that you're doing with with EB, I know it's something that's very uh, close to your heart. You're very passionate about, and rightly so. And uh, and let's hope that uh, great relationship you've got with Tuff Tilly and your other stars continues tonight. It's a bumper night. In fact, one would say it's a marathon night at uh, at Melton tonight, Kate.
5: Yeah, it is, Dan. And I'd just like to thank everyone who donated to the you know to such a wonderful cause and to I've got so many messages on social media like I don't even know how to respond to them they're just they're so kind and like they really are something else so to everyone who's um, written me messages of support um, thank you and I really appreciate it.
2: Well done, Kate. As we uh, end uh, this segment, a horse that you drove at its last two starts only ever won one race, but it was a winner of the Breeders' Crown 2018 three-year-old Colts and Geldings, Ride High. Colt 31 is awaiting the Garrard Sprint Lane, turning for home Ride High three metres. Colt 31's about to get the run from Poster Boy. Ride High's in front of Colt 31. Ride High has kicked away and has them covered. Ride High draws away. An emphatic win. Ride High
3: first week Colt 31 This is RSN Cracking the Codes And welcome back to Cracking the Codes Dan Malecki and Simone Fisher here on what's a terrific day and night of racing and uh, the shootout at Sandown tonight is the headline act on a 12 race program and our, the CEO of Sandown Greyhounds Adrian Scott joins us now on Cracking the Codes Good morning Adrian
6: G'day Simone, G'day Dan
3: Gee, Adrian, um, this is an exciting time to be alive if you're involved with greyhounds, and if you're not, it's probably a good time to start getting involved and taking notice. Of course, last week, the first leg of the Dream Chasers Carnival, which was the Top Gun at the Meadows, but for the next three Saturday nights, headlights are on Sandown. Um With tonight, the shootout, next week, the Melbourne Cup heats, and the week after the Melbourne Cup, you must be buzzing with excitement there at headquarters.
6: Certainly, are Simone, and thank you. It is the headquarters of Greyhound Racing uh, across Australia and um, the the springboard tonight for the next three consecutive uh, Saturday nights, and what a wonderful race we've got with the uh, shootout.
2: What a wonderful race it is. The two most talked-about Greyhounds, I think, the names that have transcended Greyhound Racing, Adrian, are She's a Pearl and Well, She's Fast, and you get them in that race tonight. At one stage there, they had picket fence winning form, and Well, She's Fast believe it or not has come off the back of two lasts but drawn box five both times and even cheese of pearl has taken a bit of a hit but they're two of the richest stake earners in greyhound history and they take further steps uh tonight and of course McInerney and photo man well and truly deserve to be in that field it's a field of four but what a fantastic field that you have
6: it certainly is dan and um you know we're really pleased and honored to be able to stage a race like this and uh, as i said what a, a tremendous springboard it is uh for Dream Chasers Carnival, which kicked off last week, but uh, we race here at Sandown for the next tonight and then, then the two following Saturdays. So, yeah, can't wait for it to happen. Actually, so yeah, really looking forward to
3: it. And Saturday night, it uh, must feel a bit strange, Adrian, heading to work on on the weekend. It's usually a Thursday night, but gee, prime time racing as well. Saturday night. Um, at, a really great opportunity to showcase the sport after a couple of years of not being able to do it to its full potential. Um, what's tonight looking like on course?
6: Yeah, on course. Yeah, we'll have plenty of activations. Um, you know, Graham and Race Victoria have done a pretty good job um, with a company called Engage, who have looked after all the outside activations and uh, the setup last week at the Meadows was pretty good, and um, I think we'll uh, we'll have a similar setup here again tonight. So just creates a really nice atmosphere, great vibe for people to get along and enjoy greyhound racing,
2: Simone. 9.25 is start time, so if you just run that a little bit late, it could end up nine two seven um it's a You're it's good a, with
3: those things <laughs>
2: it's look Sandown is a magnificent venue to watch greyhounds at it's a great place to go and have a, a a fantastic feed uh it's one of those places that if you live on the western side of town it's worth traveling to because the setup is absolutely fantastic it's a grade yeah it is dan it's nice and uh, a little
6: bit too comfortable on occasion But um I've certainly enjoyed coming here over the years, even before I was involved here, so uh, it's a nice facility.
3: Well, Adrian, the shootout has been going for quite some time, and back in the year 2000, um, this name might ring a bell Go Wild Teddy.
6: Go Wild Teddy,
0: and yeah. Two no. on, set to go on the Carlton Draft Shootout. Ready now, all set, racing. And Go Wild Teddy up in the centre, came out, guns ablaze, and goes across to take the lead now. Over on the inside there came Placard, can't unveil to the tail, bumping there with Placard and Trousers, going down the back, and Go Wild Teddy! Go Wild Teddy, clear eight or ten lengths in front of Placard! They were followed by Trousers, can't unveil, last of the four, coming off the back straight, and Go Wild Teddy about eight lengths out in front of Placard, and they were followed by Trousers into the straight, though. Go Wild Teddy's got them both barrels in the shootout, by five lengths, second Placard,
3: uh, an outstanding the victory there to top. go. Well, I was
2: waiting for can't trousers bale. to take off down the back.
3: <laughs> and when you Good think Canton Bale, he was like the little boom youngster yeah. at the time. He was out in the tail end of the field. So anything can happen in these match races. And I think tonight's going to be very interesting. You've got Wow, She's Fast, who's broken 29 seconds at Sandown. And you've got She's a Pearl that obviously loaded with ability, but she's never been to Sandown. So... It will be like a first look at the track. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what goes down. You've got McInerney who's drawn off the track, and that's where he likes to be. He likes to use a bit of space. And Photo Man began very well in the Top Gun last week. So I think we don't want to be riding the other two runners off. I think the headlines of these two super female greyhounds racing against each other has sort of taken over to a degree.
6: Yes, yeah, certainly, Simone, like, you know, we're focused on where she's fast and she's a pearl, but um, either of the other two dogs could really make an impression on the industry if they get up and win, too, as being really good greyhounds.
3: And someone else who's made an impression, not in racing circles so much, but on the television, young Robbie Dolan, the jockey that um, people would be familiar <laughs> with. You've managed to secure him for the Melbourne Cup final night. Um, how did you go about doing that?
6: Uh, well, was a fair bit of work done and I've really got to um, um, compliment Bernadette Dillon for the work she did there in securing him. we were a little bit ahead of the, uh, the rest of everyone else with that, Simone, because that's actually been booked in for some time. So oh, right. we're really pleased to have him and his offsider here. And uh, no doubt he'll uh, generate a little bit of interest next Saturday night. So. Well,
3: he, he certainly will, without a doubt. And I think everyone at the time when he was on, was it Australia's Got Talent or The Voice? I think it was The Voice. I didn't watch them, only saw the ads. But um, people were saying, you know, this is racing's opportunity to cross codes to grab someone who can transcend that non-racing p- public and um you've done it so hats off to you and it's for the greyhounds as well so even better adrian
6: yeah it is yeah yeah I'm a little bit chuffed that we were able to achieve it tonight. so we'll uh he'll certainly be up here and part of our big calcutta night we're running a calcutta on the uh on the heat so um there'll be a lot of interest around that and i'm hoping we get a really good crowd that'll enjoy the atmosphere and vibe with that
3: and also the Bold Tree seats as well next Saturday yeah, night.
6: Yeah, it sort of gets, gets shuffled around to the back a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, we bit, we, f- we <laughs> it, forget it, about a, those. It, yeah, we do. But it, it's a race and um, it's a full of history too.
3: So prize money tonight is it fifty thousand?
6: Fifty thousand to the winner. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yep. What's the so Mel-
3: What's the Melbourne Cup this year?
6: Six fifty first 650, prize. Six fifty. G.
3: Phenomenal yeah. money. Oh,
2: it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
6: Yeah. Like you know we dogs, as we mentioned already, that could really um, see themselves up past $2 million in the next few weeks.
3: Yeah, certainly certainly has potential. Um, Adrian, there was another greyhound back in the year 2002, and I remember I was there that night working with Andrew Bensley on and Sky, another shootout. So another flashback here, and it was Silver Soul, the silver flash from South Australia for Angela Modra that took out the 2002 shootout. As we say, goodbye to you, Adrian, and all the best for the next few weeks at Sandown. <coughs>
6: Likewise. Thanks, Simone. All the rest to you. Then Dan. Thanks, Dan. Ready? Start coming up on the shootout.
0: They're racing... And going out pretty fast on the outside of Starby on Time. It's a great race. Ears, nothing in it at the post the first time. Modern Assassin goes to the rear out of the straight on Thunder Creek. The leader, Silver Soul, second, two lengths away. Then King Starby on Time at a length to the half to Modern Assassin down the back down Thunder Creek. The Queen's Leader, five lengths in front, Silver Soul, third on the inside. Starby on Time, Modern Assassin at the tail. Thunder Creek. The leader, Silver Soul, goes to the outside. Thunder Creek. Tackled by Silver Soul. South Alley. Silver Soul. The great. Warrior gets up to win the shootout. Second home, Thunder Creek, Modern Assassin, and Starby on time.
1: Loving their racing, pacing, and chasing. Matt Stewart, Dan Malicki, and Simone Fisher, Cracking the Codes.
2: Welcome back to Cracking the sco- Codes, uh, Matty Stewart's away this week but he'll be back with us uh, next week for, for Cracking the Codes and also race day morning which gets in the way from 11 with Sean Cosgrove and uh, and myself. Well, it's a huge day today for the Cranbourne uh, Turf Club, it's Cup Day, it's a half a million dollar race, the the uh, Rogues Cranbourne Cup and the CEO of, uh, of the Cranbourne Turf Club Neil Bainbridge uh, joins us this morning, no doubt very excited Neil.
7: Yeah, good morning, Dan and Simone. Uh, yeah, look, very exciting. Uh, looks as though the weather's going to be quite uh, quite positive for us, so we're very lucky in what's been probably going to be described as a hideous spring weather-wise, but uh, certainly Cranbourne Cup Day 22, hardly a breath of wind, uh, very blessed.
2: Uh, well, it's a change of fortunes for you because this day last year you were doing it tough. I think it was a dollar $1.04. The whole meeting was going to get cancelled. You were right on the edge. It was only a few years ago. You lost your cup meeting because of the excessive wins. It's fair to say you haven't had the best of luck with this meeting.
7: No, very true, Dan. It's uh, certainly our, our, our turn. I think we did a similar interview this time last year and I was in the back straight under hailstones. Um, So it's quite pleasing to sort of look out the window at the moment and and see a big crowd already streaming in and and a beautiful day. And you're right, back in 2016, you know, we had uh, over 100-kilometre-an-hour winds that uh, caused the meeting to be abandoned. So it feels as though it's our turn and, you know, there couldn't be a better day for us to sort of shine. You know, it's a wonderful opportunity for our club, you know, uh, standalone metropolitan meeting, heart of the spring carnival after the four days at the famous Flemington Carnival. Um, you know, we're really fortunate and we're really looking forward to what should be a spectacular day here at Cranbourne.
3: Neil, what can people expect if they go to Cranbourne today, if they're listening to this show and are still a little bit undecided? What can you suggest now to get them over the line?
7: Well, certainly plenty of activities, for Simone, on course. Uh, you know, you've got, got not only your fashions on the field and kids' activities with pony rides. Uh, you know, the, the great eight-time Group 1 winner Apache Cat will be doing meet and group with the crowd, so it's great to have... Uh, you know, one of Cranbourne's former champions back here. Um, plenty of spacious lawns here for, for people to enjoy food trucks and roving entertainers, uh, but also those who like their music. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a concert after the last, featuring Jason Singh, who is the lead singer of Taxi Ride, and also uh, Dale Ryder from Boom Crash Opera. Um, so that'll be a great way to finish up Cranbourne Cup Day.
2: I met Jason at a, at a function not too long ago. I almost ended up doing a duet with him. They, they were a big band at Taxi Ride, no doubt. That'll be fantastic. And I've got to work tonight, unfortunately. Neil, someone will have to get me involved somehow, though. A,
3: a funny story with Dale Ryder. A, a number of years ago, I was, um, doing some presenting at the Greyhound Racing Greyhound of the Year at Crown Casino, and these these guys up on stage, you know, having a, a sound test. I'm thinking, well, they just hurry up because I've got to run through what I'm going through, and started singing Onion Skin, I think, and I thought, gee, they sound good. It was Dale Ryder <laughs> <laughs> from yeah, Being Brash no, Offred. He's,
7: he's, he's yeah. a star, and uh, so is Jason, and Dale's actually done a couple of gigs for us over the last sort of uh, uh, last period of time, but, um, you know, I, I think we'll get a really big crowd. This is the first Burn Cup, obviously, for a number of years post-COVID, we were fortunate last year uh, to be allowed to have 4,000 people um, at the back end of spring, but you know, this year we're probably expecting double that here on course. So um, you know, we're very blessed with the weather and um, you know, hopefully those COVID restrictions uh, are behind us.
2: Yeah, let's hope. It, it sounds like it'll be a wonderful day. Now, one of the biggest celebrities, we've talked about a couple of the celebrities are going to be there, but I reckon the biggest celebrity there today uh, would stand out. Anybody would be able to pick him out in a crowd, unless he goes there incognito. And at one stage, he used to wear blinkers, so there was a bit of incognito about him. But there was one thing about him, too. He was an absolute star and one of the most popular horses that we've had in the last 20 years, the great Apache Cat.
0: Gold editions under plenty of pressure, trying to fight on. Then came Apache Cat and getting through Swick on the inside. Here's a go. Apache Cat. Gold edition. Swick coming through from Belmer. Apache Cat. The big baldy face in front of Apache Cat. And Apache Cat wins it. Apache Cat from Swick. Not sure. Third.
3: He's really the pale face Adios of the racing world, is. isn't he? He's yeah. such a striking horse. But... Uh, what I really love about you having him at the track today Neil is the fact that I I believe to get people interested in racing you need to have them fall in love with the animal whether it's the greyhound or the horse and um, harness racing have been doing a terrific job with having former champions in recent times on the track and um, even Casbar Kid has been ridden down the Melton straight prior to the races and I think it's... a half
2: the ladies in red that John Hawks Gallop's training used to
3: own. Oh there you go. Um, Fun facts there. Thanks Dan. You're always coming up with the fun facts but even Lenny the Shark and Soakie and I think getting these champions to the public where kids can pat them, they can see them, and they may never have come up that close to a horse before. I think it's one of those very small, perhaps some um, ways of trying to engage people and keep their interest in racing and perhaps they can go on with it.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, he's an eight time group one winner. Like, you know, that, that's a significant achievement. You know, he's arguably you know the best horse uh, so far produced out of Cranbourne. Um, you know, it's great that living legends who do such a fantastic job with those retired superstars, um, you know, uh, provide clubs like Cranbourne and and the people in Casey the opportunity to uh, once again uh, meet and greet uh, Patchy Cat. I know Greg Yurel will be here on course, and I'm sure you you know he'll be thrilled to catch up with uh, with the old boy as well.
2: Great photo opportunity, and not just for the kids, Simone, for the big kids too. Um, they're still inspiring to me to see how they've let down in retirement. They're just such great horses, and it's wonderful to have him there today. He's an eight-time Group 1 winner. You know who else was an eight-time a Group 1 winner, Simone? Or well, I say this to you, Neil. Simone used to dominate the fashions on the field I, I reckon you said you won a dozen or so she was dominating wing trips across australia prize money incredible but it's it's one area that people haven't had that great opportunity to be involved in the fashions on the field the last couple of years because of covid no,
7: absolutely you know, i think everyone likes to get dressed up and that's one of the great things about the spring racing carnival um you know everyone gets dressed up and, and makes the effort and know, really adds that little bit extra colour and flavour to the day. So you now we've got some wonderful prizes again here today with stations on the field, well supported by our local businesses. So um, you know, it, it should be a great event. It's running between twelve and three o'clock, um, and we'll announce the winners at four o'clock, just before the cup, which will be run at four twenty.
2: And I can see Simone's eyes are lighting up right now, Neil.
3: Uh, they're, they're not. I, because I'm actually going to be working at Melton tonight in the swabbing bay. So that will be fun. So I won't be making it out to Cranbourne, but I was laughing because, um, with all my old collections of hats and fascinators, they're quite dated now. And at Pony Club last Sunday, we had a spring racing sort of theme and <clears throat> the, the challenge was to come out with, you know, the best hat or the ugliest hat. And I, so one of mine got a rerun after about, I don't know, 15 16 years and um, it still looked okay but it was not not the fashion now but <laughs> I was just having well, a bit of a I chuckle think, to myself everything everything old is new, new again. These days
7: oh, isn't oh, it so oh, it might need it might a little bit
3: longer,
2: longer. <laughs> yeah that's exactly right she's ready to make a comeback i can just see <laughs>
3: i'll be washed up by i am washed up by it <laughs> and,
2: and neil next month too i was having a look ahead and the, the dual codes meeting so that's the harness and the gallops meeting and you've wedged in a different time slot this year between christmas and new year
7: yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, obviously, out here at the moment, uh, the Greyhound Club out here at Cranbourne, being the three-code venues, doing a track reconstruction. So there won't be a tricodes um, this sort of uh, summer autumn period. So the two equine codes have sort of teamed up are going to put together this uh, dual-code meeting, as you say. And you know, what a wonderful time, 29th of December, um, heart of the holiday period. Um, should be a huge event, lots of family and kids' activities. And, you know, it's great to see... Um, with all our tri-codes and we're with this dual code, the way the city of Casey really gets behind their racing industry out here at Cranbourne across all three codes. So, yep, dual code, 29th of December. So, you know, we've got an enormously busy day-to-day, um, but the club actually just continues to get busy. You know, we race, um, you know, in a fortnight's time for the 25th of November. We back up on the 9th of December and the 23rd of December before the dual code meeting and pretty well uh, every Friday night in January for the thoroughbred. So... Uh, uh, it's exciting time and you know, we are truly blessed to be uh, afforded this wonderful uh, opportunity by Racing Victoria and Country Racing to conduct the Ladbrokes Cranbourne Cup on a Metropolitan Saturday, $500,000. Um, it's a cracking field and now we just need to find the winner.
2: Yep, let's, uh, let's hope that we can find a couple of winners or two. Wonderful spot too, great area to go to for dining packages. Got that decking on a day that is uh, nice, whether it's sunshine or not, it's a beautiful spot to be. I hope it works well. You deserve a bit of luck, Neil.
7: Uh, good on you, Dan. Thanks for all your support. And you too, Simone, and uh, look forward to catching up again soon.
2: Neil Bainbridge, the CEO of the Cranbourne Turf Club. Hope you've enjoyed Cracking the Codes. Uh, it's been uh, a, a terrific morning. We've certainly enjoyed it. Uh, tugged at the heartstrings a little bit in the early part of the show. Uh, Simone... You happy to do it again next week? Oh, Matt will l- join I'd us. I'd love
3: to, yeah. We'll have the the three three of us back and we'll hear about his barley adventures, no doubt. Uh,
2: on the other side, we will uh, have race day morning, Sean Cosgrove and myself. As we say goodbye from cracking the codes, let's relive Sermon's win in the 2009 Cranbourne Cup.
0: Sermon's in a world of his own at the 200. He's four in front. Storm Hill, the sportsman, street fighter, Zuba, cool run on. The Cup's all over. Sermon's going to kill them. Sermon all the way in the Cup and he's roaring to victory Sermon by four links second to Stormhill and third to the Sportsman then either Street Fighter or Zupa Cool from across the start